0: I'm Beth Davis. Welcome back to Teachable Tuesday, where we discover God's heart and are changed by his word every single week. And this week, we are in the middle of a brand new three-part series all about discipline. I'm so glad you're here because I don't know about you, but I could use a bit of discipline in my life. We are anchoring this series in Hebrews 12. So if you've got a Bible, Grab it. We're going to read just a short section of Hebrews 12, but if you don't have a Bible, no worries. I'm going to read it to you as we pray and get started. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, with your love, with your life, with your fire. Come and burn In our hearts Lord we desire to hear your voice and to know your will and I know God that's a prayer that you honor you desire to be known you want us to know you you're making us like you so grant us the grace today in this teachable Tuesday Lord to draw closer to your heart to hear your voice to become more like you thank you Lord Hebrews 12, starting at verse five. My child, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord or lose heart when you are punished by him. For the Lord disciplines those whom he loves and chastises every child whom he accepts. Endure trials for the sake of discipline. God is treating you as children. For what child is there whom a parent does not discipline? If you do not have the discipline in which all children share, then you are illegitimate and not his children. Moreover, we had human parents to discipline us and we respected them. Should we not be even more willing to be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. Now, discipline always seems painful rather than pleasant at the time, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather healed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. So a couple of years ago, I had the great privilege of making an eight day silent retreat. And I had a dear and holy spiritual director who is uh, now with the Lord. And in that time, it was a very practical eight day, not at all what I was expecting. In one of our spiritual direction sessions on that silent retreat, I was sharing with Father that um, I really had a lot of fear financially, that I didn't feel like I could really respond to God's call in my life, that I didn't feel free to follow His will. I couldn't just go if God invited me to something new because I was saddled with this debt. And to be honest with you, it felt crippling. I felt suffocated by this debt and I really didn't have any hope I didn't know how I could get out of it and I was just kind of explaining that financial fear to this good holy priest and he very plainly told me that I needed to get on a budget (laughs) he really didn't mince words and let me tell you something it was very painful to hear I took many holy hours to kind of process all of the shame that I felt about my finances, Um, the ideas that I had about my ability to even get out of debt, to get on a budget. It's not like I hadn't tried that before. But Father said something very important, the thing that ended up making all the difference. He told me to get someone to do it with me. He asked me to think, to pray about who could come alongside me on this journey to financial freedom, right? Who could show me how to make a budget, who would stick with me as I kept that budget. And immediately the Lord in his generosity put someone on my heart. And that was the beginning of an almost two year journey to get out of debt. I wrote down my goals. I wrote down a budget. I shared it with this financial mentor and I met with him monthly to go through my expenses. It was mortifying. (laughs) It was very hard, but there was something really grace-filled about it. You know, in the beginning, uh, it was not fun. In the beginning, there were sacrifices. It really hurt and yet there was just a hint of satisfaction i felt like i finally had some control it didn't feel like i could never get out of debt anymore i had a plan and i had a person to walk with so there was that little bit of satisfaction that little flame of hope that rose up in my heart again it's kind of like working out right? You go and you work out and nobody, well, most people don't want to go and do a hard workout. And even the next day, you might feel the effects of that hard workout, sore muscles, right? You're kind of tired. And yet there's something there, this satisfaction. It's like it hurts, but it hurts so good because you know you did the work. You're proud. You feel accomplished and strong. You're making strides toward meeting a goal. And it was the same for me and my budget. It was hard and there was a little satisfaction in the beginning. But as I got some traction, as a budget became a way of life for me, the hard part dwindled and the satisfaction grew. And again, almost two years later, I I got out of debt and I'm still debt-free to this day because of my written down budget and the accountability of this financial mentor who walked with me. This is the way the discipline works in our lives. When we begin to live a disciplined way of life, there are short-term costs, but there are long-term benefits. It's hard to weigh those things in the moment at times, right? But this is the way of the spiritual life, the life of a disciple, the life of every Christian. If we want to follow God, to be obedient to the voice of God in prayer, um, to live by the scriptures the way God's calling us to, to submit ourselves to the authority of God's word and the teachings of the church, we're going to have to deny ourselves of certain things. But the good news. The the great news, friends, is that we'll experience lasting fruit. We give up sin, we give up selfishness, and we get eternal life. And even here on earth, those long-term benefits, we're going to see those come to fruition in our character and in our circumstances as we submit to God's word, as we submit to the wisdom, the beauty, the teachings of the church. As we become more like Christ, we'll see more of him in our lives. I wonder, has God been asking something of you? Maybe you feel like what he's asking of you is something hard. Maybe you have this little inkling, this, this nudge that you should give up that show, or maybe give up that relationship. Maybe it's, it's not leading you to holiness. You're not becoming who Christ is calling you to be. Maybe he's asking you to forgive someone who hurt you. Maybe he's asking you to apologize to someone. Or maybe you are like me. Maybe you, as I shared about uh, my journey from, from debt to financial freedom, maybe God is inviting you to do a budget, to get on a budget. Maybe he's asking you to tithe. Maybe he's asking you to give sacrificially. And friends, I I don't want to minimize that in the moment it hurts in our flesh, but there's a sweetness in our soul that comes with uh, submitting ourselves to the discipline of God because discipline is always for our good. We see that In the scripture today. Last week we concentrated on Hebrews 12 verses 5 and 6. I asked you to memorize that because I think it takes some rewriting to understand the ways of the Lord that uh, don't always seem to coincide. They, They don't naturally make sense in terms of our human wisdom. We don't always understand why God is asking us to do something that he's allowing a lot of other people to do. But it's important that we get rooted in this reality that the Father disciplines those he loves. And today, I wanna zoom in, I wanna expound on verse 10. Just the latter part of verse 10. But he disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. He disciplines us for our good so that we may share In his holiness discipline when God invites us to obedience right it's not so because God is on a power trip it's not because he wants to lord it over us it's not for no reason and it's not for no end no gain no reward it's because God has in mind who he's calling us to be a a destiny a, a mission a call here on earth that he is building us up making us into He wants us to share in his holiness in heaven, but here on earth. He wants us to become like his son Jesus, and Jesus was obedient to the Father. Jesus was obedient to the scriptures. Jesus submitted himself to his parents, to Mary and Joseph. He submitted himself to the Father on the cross. Jesus was obedient even when it hurt. Even in his flesh, when it hurt, he gave up his life. He surrendered himself in obedience. He was obedient to the Father. So if we uh, want to be like Jesus, if we want to share in his life, we need to become disciplined. That's the invitation here. The invitation is that we would be like Jesus. Now, you might be thinking, what about when I don't get it? What about when I, I don't see some of these long-term benefits, this lasting fruit? I haven't seen it yet and I can't even imagine it because I'm just, I, I've got my nose pressed up against the mural of my life. I can't see a way out. Whatever your way out looks like, I can't even imagine what that freedom could look like. Well, I want to introduce you to my friend, Saint Padre Pio. Saint Padre Pio in 1918 had a vision of a a fierce a fiery seraphim an angel of God and he received the stigmata the wounds of Jesus in his hands and in his feet and shortly thereafter in 1922 uh, the church noticed that people were flocking to Padre Pio his masses were overflowing people were writing to him from all over the world seeking counsel and spiritual direction people were traveling to come to his masses and to go to confession to him And the church didn't quite know what to make of Padre Pio. And so in 1922, they changed his public mass schedule to to discourage people from coming to Padre Pio's masses. They told Padre Pio that he could not write to those people seeking counsel, seeking spiritual direction. In 1931, so this is almost 10 years later, the church uh, doubled down. And Padre Pio was told that he could do no active ministry, that he couldn't hear confessions, that he couldn't celebrate public masses, that he couldn't be a spiritual director. And he was obedient. In fact, it's said that some of his friends actually wanted to expose some of the sins and scandal in the hierarchy of the church. They wanted to go after the people that were trying to um, suppress the graces of God flowing through Saint Padre Pio. And Padre Pio intervened. He told them not to expose the church to this scandal. He trusted in God. He was obedient to the church. He was obedient to his superiors, even though he didn't understand, even though it wasn't true, those accusations were false, the the fears were unfounded. And now you and I know St. Padre Pio as one of the greatest saints of the 20th century. And friends, what I most admire about St. Padre Pio is not the holiness <laughs> that, um, that, that God gave him the stigmata. It, it's not any of his letters or his words. What to me is the most inspiring thing about this great saint was his obedience when it wasn't fair. When he didn't understand, when he was being ridiculed and questioned, mistrusted and misunderstood, he was obedient. reminds me of Jesus in Isaiah 53, as a lamb led to the slaughter, uh, he opened not his mouth. This is a great witness for those of us who don't see it, who don't get it about discipline. I'm doing all of these things, and I'm not seeing any of the rewards that I hear or want uh, that I think should have been mine, that I think even God promised to me. I'm living a life that's very different from my peers, and yet I'm not getting uh, that raise. I'm not getting that relationship. I'm not getting free. But our God is not a God of transaction. We want to give him time. We want to become like Jesus. And that deep work of purification happens within, often unseen. And it happens because of discipline and obedience. Last week, we talked about the definition of obedience that we're being, or definition of discipline, that we're being trained in obedience. So if you, like me, need training in how to obey, I want to suggest to you two things that have worked for me two things that seem to work for other people too I want to encourage you first to make a plan to make a plan it sounds very simple but there's wisdom right to writing it down there's wisdom to actually putting pen to paper and writing it down. Uh, Neuropsychologists call this the generation, what is it, the generation effect, the generation effect. And it means, that means, that it's easier to recall information that we ourselves created. So if you put it down in black and white on a piece of paper, you put it on your fridge, a sticky note on your mirror, you write it in your planner, you're gonna be more likely to see it through In fact, there was a a study done at the Dominican University of California. It's often cited. And uh, basically, there were were two groups of people. Half of them wrote down their goals and half of them didn't. And 42% of people who wrote down their goals were able to uh, reach them, more so than the group that didn't write down their goals. It's that generation effect. There's something to that self-accountability of writing it down. So I want to encourage you, crack your planner, get a stack of post-it notes, whatever you need to write down that discipline, to help yourself to be obedient to God's voice, to make those changes that he's inviting you into. And secondly, I want you to tell a friend. And they seem to go hand in hand, right? We make a plan, but we don't tell anybody. And then who do we have to check in with? If we're not feeling it, we can just throw that piece of paper away, right? We can just uh draw a line through that that's what i do in my planner if i didn't get to it i can't check it off so i'm going to draw a line through it but if we double down if we write it down and we tell a friend there's someone to check in with not only so that they can hold us accountable but so that we're not alone on the journey of holiness on this journey of discipline and obedience jesus sent the disciples out two by two we weren't meant to live this life alone. It's impossible uh, to be a Christian and to do this in isolation. You'll see down through the generations that um, there are pairs of saints that rise up, small groups of saints who were all contemporaries. Uh, think of Saint Ignatius and and his companions; those early Jesuits. They're almost all saints, canonized saints, and that's because they did life together. They talked about their spiritual goals Uh, they held one another accountable they prayed together that's what I want for you so make a plan and tell a friend make a plan and then tell a friend it's both and very very Catholic last week I shared with you that this year God invited me to make a desert day once a month and I told you I wrote it down I put it in my planner and every single month I invite someone to go on that desert day with me well what i didn't tell you is there were actually a few more things that the lord invited me to do in obedience right disciplines that he invited me to take on spiritual disciplines and one of them is weekly confession now i love confession (laughs) i regularly would go to confession i would say i frequented confession And i had kind of a loosey-goosey rule of about every two weeks a priest friend of mine said that's when i get ripe about every two weeks i can tell in my attitude and my responses i need confession but with that two week loosey-goosey goal that was not written down anywhere that i'd never shared with anyone sometimes it would be more like three weeks sometimes it would be a month and so when the lord invited me to this discipline of weekly confession I put it in my calendar. It's a a repeat reminder in my phone that every Friday, I go to confession. Every single Friday, I make a point to go to confession. If I can't go in my regular place, I ask the Lord about it, and miraculously, he provides a priest and an opportunity to go to confession. Listen, once a week was the practice of St. Padre Pio. And if it's good enough for Padre Pio, it's good enough for me maybe once a week feels overwhelming to you but could you consider every two weeks what about once a month if that hasn't been your practice if you haven't regularly been receiving the sacrament of confession can you today make a commitment make a plan to receive the sacrament of reconciliation and then tell a friend who knows they they too might need to come back and to be reconciled to god to themselves to the community Confession is a sacrament of healing, and God wants to heal you. So why not regularly avail yourself of that sacrament? Why not adopt a discipline of going to confession? Maybe you're listening to this Teachable Tuesday today and you're thinking, Beth, I haven't been to confession in 10 years. Well, friend, (laughs) welcome home. Consider this your invitation to come back Into the wide open arms of the father who's waiting for you waiting to pour out his healing love and mercy on you in the sacrament of confession so before the day is out I want you to make a plan to go to confession it does take planning look up churches find those times maybe you need to make an appointment email the parish secretary or your pastor if you need (coughs) A, a little more time make a plan and then tell someone invite them to come along because discipline this discipline in particular but discipline in general obedience to god is for your good he's making you like him let's pray in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen jesus we desire to be like you You're so kind, Lord. Your love is so pure. Make us more like you. Beginning in the sacrament of confession, remove any obstacle, Lord, to us going to confession. Any obstacle to our honesty in confession. Bring to mind someone that we can invite to go with us. Thank you, Lord, for disciplining us, for asking us to be obedient to your good and loving heart because you love us, because you only want our good and your glory, and that's what we want too, Lord. Thank you, God. In your name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, friends. Tell me uh, about when you're going to confession below. I'd love to hear it. And I'll see you next week for part three of Hebrews 12, our three-week series on discipline. God bless you. See you then. Bye.